All right, we got into the scripture in Romans, the just shall live by faith in the last uh, sharing, and we're probably going to uh, cover that tonight and probably one or two more times uh, just to just to dig into it, maybe a couple more, but we're going to dig into that. Uh, we looked at Jesus as our justification on uh, Sunday night, how that we are justified by his life, that his life in us is our justification. Now, what I want to present to you is Jesus himself was justified. Okay. Now, now I've got you all quiet anyway, so you all won't all get quiet on me because you already are. But I want to present that Jesus was justified himself. You might say, how was he justified? And the answer is simple. God raised him from the dead. He vindicated him. So, and we're going to look at some scriptures that, that declare this very thing. Uh, so let's, let's hop back into uh, Romans chapter 8. Just read through this in Romans 8. And here it says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, verse 16. Or I, I said Romans 8, Romans 1. Brother Bob, you got to help me. Romans 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And we looked at in the book of Habakkuk, that the Bible actually says the just shall live by his faith, not just by faith, but by his faith. And, and a couple of things I said Sunday night that I want to refresh our minds and just kind of set this out here. I know, I know and believe we come to God by believing in him, because if we don't believe in God, we have no access. So I know that, and I believe that with all my heart. So I, I am going out of my way to make sure if anyone listens to this in the future, they know I absolutely believe in believing on Jesus Christ, that we as Christians come to him through faith. Now, what we're looking at is his faith, and we've looked at Faith is the evidence, the substance things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we've we've discussed that for some weeks and how that substance is dealing with the guaranteed agreement. And the evidence is dealing with God's inner conviction in our heart according to this agreement the internal persuasion of God according to Christ's finished work. So if I think of his faith, if I, if I just for a moment, if you, you give me the liberty and I have the liberty because I have control for this meeting anyway, uh, the, his faith, how sure do you think Jesus is 
of his work. Very sure, right? So we've we've had this concept all of our days of our faith. And again, I believe in that. I believe it starts with us believing God. But when we come to the Lord Jesus and we're saved by his faith, I believe we're talking about the surety of Christ, the sureness of him according to his work. Now, if I'm saved by the sureness of him according to his work, I've got a pretty good salvation. I've got a very good ground to stand on if I'm standing in the sureness of him. Right? That's a that's a fantastic ground because the sureness of his work is made real in our hearts. Now, as I look at this, I told you we're going to go through some scripture. Just, just follow me to Galatians 3 one more time, then we're going to go back to Isaiah. But I, I, I'm wanting to run ahead of myself, and I'm trying to slow myself down here. In Galatians 3.22, Scripture says, But the Scripture has shut up everyone under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So the faith that's in Jesus Christ is given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under tutor, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. And I got a few notes here. I And I've already asked this question. I, I ask a question, how are we justified in the last meeting? And the answers were justified in Christ. The next question I wrote down is, how does that work? Okay? Because a lot of times we read something in the Bible, and in our hearts, at least it's the way it works in me, I start trying to comprehend how this works. Even though I read it in the Scripture, even though I believe it, even though I know it's true, there's this longing in my heart to understand it, to be filled with the understanding of it. So when I look at this, how does this, how does that work? I, the answer I wrote down was he was raised from the dead. Then I ask another question. What does that signify? He is the just one. He is the justified one. As he is, so are we. He is our life. How is he the justified one? 
Another question, how is he the justified one? God vindicated Christ through the resurrection from the dead. Now, as I, I was looking at this, as God was dealing in my heart, I just happened to read uh, a thing somebody wrote. I'm going to read it to you. I don't even know who it was, but I thought it was good. And it says, it may sound strange to talk about Jesus' need for justification, but justification is a declaration, a vindication. The resurrection of Jesus has evidencing power. Jesus is declared to still be righteous by his resurrection, just as he was declared to have become sin by his death. God's wrath has been satisfied. Now, flip back to Isaiah 50. Isaiah 50. And start at verse 4. The Bible says, the Lord God have given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God have opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know I shall not be ashamed. He is near that justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they all shall wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. And I'll stop right there. But notice that in verse 8, he is near that justifies me. And I'm wanting to just go on, but I want to lay the scripture out here. Acts, 20, Acts 2 and 22. Acts 2 and 22. Let you get there. This is very important. So, ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. As you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now get a hold of that. They took him by wickedness and slayed him. Now, it was determined of God before the world, foreknowledge of God. Now here, verse 24, see, here's his vindication. Here's his justification. Whom God hath raised up, raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. For David speaking concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Now what I mean, he's been vindicated, 
he's been justified, is they took him and hung him on a tree to stop his words. What were they mad at Jesus about? He was changing the customs of their law. They wanted to end his word, right? So they crucified him to get rid of him. So now they're not under his words. They wanted to continue as they always continue. But God vindicated Jesus in that he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand, meaning that all the authority of God is now in Christ. So he gave all the authority. So, so now when we have this perception of the Lord Jesus, he has made the Lord Jesus because he's been raised from the dead and given the authority. So all his words that he spoke as a man have now gone into force. See, if he had just died, if he had been a great man and just died as a great man, nothing would be in force. But God vindicated him, justified him by raising him from the dead. And that's how he justifies us. As he is, so are we. So as he is justified, so are we justified. You know, we apply that scripture in John to kind of miracles, signs, and wonders. As Jesus did miracles and signs and wonders, we'll do miracles, signs, and wonders. Well, that's, I believe that. But he became the justified one. He became the vindicated one. He was the only one raised out from among the dead. He was the only one that was raised and had the issues in him of eternal life. Had the power of an endless life. He's the only one. So now in his justification, in his vindication, his words are in force. And nothing you can do about it. You know, some people say, well, I don't believe. For example, people, there's a conversation recently about being born again. And, and there's, a, there's a thought going on that, well, every man after the cross is automatically born again. And it's like, well, the words of Christ, I will be in you, is in force. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, they are none of it. So we don't need to question these words because he's been raised from the dead and he's been made Lord, King. And his throne 
is established. And we are established in him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, another scripture along this line in the New Testament, then we'll go to another one in the Old Testament. And you should read all that from 22 down through 35 that he's made both Lord and Christ. Now, if I go to 1 Timothy 3.15, says, in case I am delayed so that you will know how each one must conduct himself in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth by common confession, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated which means to render just or innocent by the Spirit. Was seen by angels, was proclaimed among the nations, was believed in throughout the world, was taken up in glory. So he was, he appeared in the flesh, is manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was proclaimed among the nations was believed in throughout the world, was taken up into glory. Now, this vindication, I wrote, he was rendered just by the Spirit, by being raised from the dead. Romans 1, verse 1. says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore, by his, his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So he was declared to be the son of God with power by the resurrection of the dead. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, so here it is, that spirit raised Christ from the dead. He vindicated him from the world. Because the world, even though it was in the foreknowledge of God, Laid by wicked hands, Peter said, crucified him, and slayed him. They took him in, not as their sacrifice. They didn't take him to be their sacrifice, to, to be the fulfillment of the prophets. They took him to get rid of him. In so much that the that Pontius Pilate washed his hands with Israel, and they told him, "Let his blood be upon our heads." 
So they weren't looking at Jesus as, as a Savior. They wanted rid of him. And God raised him from the dead. And, and now, now that what Peter says has so much more force. Let the house of Israel know assuredly with assurance that he has been made Lord and Christ. That nothing of that old covenant lords over him. So his vindication from the dead is how we are vindicated. Because when he died as the suffered servant of Isaiah 53, God laid the iniquity of us all. That was the scripture I told you it's going to turn to. I'm just going to walk through it. You can go back there and read it. Isaiah 53, read the whole thing. God laid the iniquity of us all upon him. The just for the unjust. As Paul says in the book of Romans, he that knew no sin for sinners, God laid up on him. That the forbearance of God might come unto us. That in the faith of Christ, we might be justified. Because Jesus raised out from the dead. I said this last time. He didn't just raise out from dead bodies. That's, that's what the church has believed for years. Jesus raised up from the dead. He did. But he didn't just raise out from dead bodies. He was quickened by the Spirit of God. He was raised by God's Spirit and exalted to the right hand of God. Through him comes a new creation. So God didn't raise Adam from the dead. In Christ's crucifixion, he crucified Adam, the Adamic man, and he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, going back to what I said before, if his faith is in us, how sure do you think he is? He that bore our sins, he that was wounded for our transgressions, he that by whose stripes we are healed, how sure do you believe the Lord Jesus is? He went through death. He went through burial. And he was exalted into the divine presence of God. In him dwells all fullness of the Godhead bodily. A-L-L. -L. God was pleased that all fullness would dwell in him.
So here's the justification. He was given what the spoil. He was he shared the spoil with the great. How did he do that? He raised from the dead. Raised to God's own right hand. All power in heaven and earth answers to him. Every everyone that comes into this kingdom comes through him. There is absolutely no other way into the kingdom of God but through the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this kingdom, there is no other life. He is the life of it. He is the light of it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So he's raised out from the dead, and we are raised by him. See, we're not raised separate than him. He is our resurrection. So my resurrection life is Jesus Christ. If he's not my resurrection life, I don't have resurrection life. If he's not my spirituality, I don't have spirituality. <laughs> he's it. See, everything was gathered up into him. He, he was given the preeminence. But on him was laid the iniquity of, a, of us all. And he died the death of the cross. And he was raised for our justification. But he was vindicated by God himself when he was raised from the dead. So everything that he had said, that, that those Jews decided, well, we want rid of this. God vindicated and put them in force, every one of them. So whosoever believeth on me hath everlasting life. That was in force. That was put in force. See, up to that time, no one had everlasting life. See, I'm going to say something. We think everlasting life is just living forever. Everlasting life is his life. No one up to that time had his life. You, you may have been granted to live forever, but you didn't have everlasting life. You didn't have eternal life. You didn't have God life. So he gives us his life. So he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. That's in force. No one can take them out of my hand or out of my father's hand. That's in force. They may be one as we are one. I and them and thou and me. That's in force. Those words that he said is in force by himself and is revealed in our hearts as he is revealed by the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He is my vindication from death. 
I was telling him that last night. Lord, you are my vindication. You are my justice. Because I couldn't get any justice in myself. God vindicated him. He vindicated me and you. And everything he said went into force. Went into power. And he's the power of it. You know, I may have mentioned it on this broadcast before. If I did, I'm going to mention it again. I was in a study a few years ago, and I was looking at this study of, uh, you, you know, of Jesus saying, they may be one as we are one, which I quote often. I am them, thou me. And I looked over at Paul's writings, and I said, my Lord, this is Paul's writings. Now you are the body of Christ. You're one. You're built up on the foundation of the Lord to be filled with all the fullness of God. That's John 17. Yeah, of his fullness we have received. If he go into Ephesians one, the church which is his body, the fullness of him, that they may be one. And I begin to see that Paul is just bringing clarity to the words Jesus said, because they're now in force. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And that old administration passed away. The old heaven and the old earth is gone. And what's in force are the words of Jesus Christ. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's in force. Because he is the power of God. He is the Lord of the kingdom. Well, I got a little bit excited in this study. Here's, here's what I wrote, and I'm going to read Romans 4 here in a moment, but I wrote this down, and I want to read it to you. I just said it. I said, we are vindicated by him. He is raised for justification. We are vindicated from sin by him, from the devil by him, from the law by him. All is by him. He is our vindication to what has happened to us. He is our Lord. And then I wrote, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is our Lord. What vindication, what, what love God has bestowed upon us that we would be called the children of God. What Consider with me what's been credited to you. You, you know, we, we read these words in Romans, it's been credited to you. It's been imputed to us. What's been imputed? Romans 4, 23 says, Romans 4, 23. Now, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him 
speaking of Abraham, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Here it is again. Those that believe in him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions. Look at this. How, why would we not call him Lord? You know, we use that word Lord, or I have, and, and we believe, well, he's Lord of Lords. He's Lord of all things. Well, he, well, from a very personal standpoint, he's the Lord to me because I couldn't get, I couldn't get free from my transgressions. I couldn't feel justified no matter how hard I tried in myself. But he was delivered over because of our transgressions. So he's my Lord. He took my guilt and my shame, and he was raised because of our justification. He pronounces us righteous in himself. As he is, so are we. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Just a thought, just one last thought, and I'm, I'm going to be done. You know, I said early on with that scripture in John's gospel, as he is, so are we, that many times people associate that with, with, with the gifts of the Spirit, with the working of miracles. I want to just, just talking to you because you're my friends. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I just want you all to consider this with me. Consider it before the Lord. We sometimes talk among ourselves, maybe Dell and I or Mark and I, uh, Bob and I, whoever. And we say we don't see the miracles in the church like we should. We see them, but we see them kind of sporadic. And this thought came to me today. When we look at that scripture in John, a lot of times it's what we associate with that scripture. That we may not understand the power of his justification. We may not understand the power of his vindication. We may not understand the power of his work. And it just crossed my mind that Peter, Paul, and those brothers who these great miracle signs and wonders were coming out of, they understood that. They understood the power of the Christ with the translation out of darkness into light. They, they understood that. So they weren't just associating John with, as he is, so are we, as, as miracle signs and wonders. They were associating that to the very work and person and nature of Jesus Christ. That's what they were associating that scripture to. That's what they were writing about. John's writing about the word of God that his hands have handled, the word of life that his hands has handled, the word of life that was from the beginning, that now he had, he had laid hold upon to a measure. And that's what Paul was talking about. He had laid hold upon the Lord Jesus. And, you, you know, as far as he had attained walk in that, and yet keep pressing on toward the high calling. You know, 
what Paul was setting before them was nothing but Jesus Christ. He never had another message. He was just looking for the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height of God that is in Christ to be made known to the hearts of the believers. Because there's power in this, folks. To know that God has vindicated you from sin and to know that you are just through his work is powerful. To know that in my heart, not just read it on the page, but to come to the, to be a living witness of what it says, to become a living epistle of that word, that is powerful. And that is what my heart yearns for. His Father, not just words on the page that I believe, because I believe the words on the page, but the life of the Son that the words on the page declare. The life of Christ that you declare, Father, who is in us. That is what I desire for me and for you. I don't desire to be this great person that's greater than you. And if I do, I pray the Lord just watch that from my mind. I desire that we be one. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Well, I will stop right here. And... Uh,